Morning, everyone. Oh, I'm a bit deep, John. Am I a bit deep? <laughs> I want to get deep, but not my voice. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that coming to speak this morning is, I think it's more a, a, a challenge to the Lord rather than a challenge to us. Um, because he gives us a promise. Um, and it's, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And it seems to me um, that we don't live in the fullness of that freedom. Um, I, I, I kind of, I've got loads of friends in this church and um, see the ups and downs of people's lives. And it's a bit like, you know, you're helping them in their boat, you're sort of bailing them out. Or you're with them, no, don't get me wrong, you're not. Um, and, and as you're doing it, suddenly whack, something gets you. And suddenly you're needing somebody to bail you out. You'll need somebody to help and support you. And, and the challenge is, uh, Jesus said the truth will set you free. And so I prayed about this and I wondered about it and I've, I've really come up with this now. Um, just from um, reading one section in John's, uh, John's Gospel. But what I would ask you is, are you free? Are you free? Are you... Um, just, that, just thinking there was... Um, Sometimes you speak to someone, when they get embarrassed, they go really red. And they spent all their life, they think, I wish I never went red like this. Or they stuttered, you know, when they get nerved. Me, I, I shake like a leaf. And I think, I wish I didn't do that. And I'd like to be free from that. But there you are, that's a physical thing and it happens with people. But it's, it's finding freedom within the shaking or the going red or the stumbling or the fear that we have and we experience in life when we're dealing with the real sort of anxious things of life. So um, all I want to do really is to take this particular text and have a good look at it. Um, I'm getting as dry as a bone. No, I've got glass, I've got water, but I'm drying up. I took, brought another one, John, because I know <laughs> I'm really thirsty. So I might have to keep on drinking. So what I want to do is, is this is where um, it's the Feast of the Tabernacles. It's coming near the end. And um, I, I realised what the challenge was for Jesus um, in doing this. If you think of it, he walked, to, he walked around the earth making claims, he healing people, being sick, he had his disciples. But he was kind of on his own. And, and I think this is one of those occasions when he was really on his own. He'd gone into the temple and they were all surrounding him. All of the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of the different kind of people. Uh, he was a teacher. And um, I just think, well, I'll read the passage first and then I'll come back to it. It's in, if you've got your Bibles with you, it's um, chapter 8 and it's verses... Um, it is 21, yeah, 21 to 59. Then Je John's Gospel. Then Jesus said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and will die 
in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Because he says, where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, you are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I've seen with my father and you do what you have seen with your father. And they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my words. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and a father of it. Because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore you do not hear, because you are not of God. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not rightly say that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? 
Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I honour myself, my honour is nothing. It is my father who honours me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and it was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and so passed by. Amen. Shall we just pray? Father, Lord, I just want to ask, Lord, that you would set us free from anything that uh, distracts us, Lord, or takes us away from what you're speaking to us this morning. Thank you, Father. I believe you, Lord. I believe you can set us free, completely free indeed, to live in the abundance that you've given us. So would you come, Lord? Would you come by your Spirit, Lord, and speak into our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you can see there's, there's a growing, intensifying confusion about Jesus. Um, it's a bit like, isn't it? You, people are polarizing. You know, they, it talks a bit earlier about them believing they're either for him or really against him. And they begin to hate him. And I was thinking it was, it's a bit like Brexit, really. It's polarized everyone. You know, you're either well over here for it or well over there against it. Um, but that's how it appears to me anyway. Um, and I was even getting to the point of, you know, we'll believe Jesus or we'll kill him. So this is how, we're, and this is what he's come into. And if you can picture the scene, he's surrounded by people and uh, some want to kill him and some want to sort of believe him. But eventually they all seem to be opposed to him. They're all against him. And it because... He is telling them something they don't like to hear. And that's the bottom line of it. And I think what happened then 2,000 years ago still happens today. When you speak to people about the truth as God sees it, we don't like to hear it because it challenges who we are and everything about who we can be in Christ. And people are comfortable. You know, they live in sin and they're quite comfortable living like that. They don't really want to be told about this. So there is a lot going on in it. And um, he then begins to start telling them the difference between himself and them. He says, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. 
you are of your father the devil, and I am of my father above. I don't know, how would you feel about if somebody said that to you? You know, you're, you're of your father the devil. And, uh, and they reacted in a certain way. Uh, and the three things that I think he wants to set them free from is, is freedom from sin. He says, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. He also said they could have freedom from death. He said, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. And finally, he tells them they are freedom from the devil. And he says, you are the father of the devil and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and a father of liars. Now, as we've already seen in that, he says, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. You will die in your sin. So he is thinking of one particular sin. He doesn't talk about sins. He doesn't say you'll die in your sins. He says, you'll die and this is, um, this is that root sin, that one sin, which I think is unbelief. And uh, I was looking uh, at some interesting things. You know, with trees, they have what they call a tap root. And um, this is from Google, it's not from me. <laughs> so, so, but apparently, th this is the one root that starts the tree. And then you get other roots come out of it. And uh, I thought of what John the Baptist said. He said, he will come and he will lay the axe to the root of the tree. He doesn't say roots of the tree, the root of the tree. And, um, and he says, you know, you're going to die because of that root on the tree. But Jesus has come to release you from that root. He's come to cut us off from it. Hallelujah. And Jesus didn't endear himself to the Jews as he was speaking, they were getting quite annoyed. And as you can see, by the end of the chapter, they wanted to stone him. They had got that angry with what he was saying um, because he mentions all the bad elements of, um, now, the devil's character. He talks about um, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and father of liars. It's that, it's that character, our character. It's how we are. Um, character is defined, the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. In other words, who you are. And he's saying who you are is sin. And they don't like it. And that's why they want to stone him. Because they are saying, I'm a son of Abraham. How many times do we speak to them? Well, I'm, I didn't done anything bad. I'm not a bad guy, you know. But Jesus has come and he, he wants to speak to them about the root of it and for us and for them, but us now to stand and, and look at ourselves. Look at ourselves and go sort of challenge ourselves and think, well, 
what is he talking about? How am I a sinner? How have I missed the mark? Why is he accusing, you know, like this? Um, and then, it's after that, that's sin. We have to accept that we are sin. That's the whole basis of the Christian gospel, that we were born in sin. And he's coming to lay the axe to the root of that sin so that that will affect the other sins. Um, and it's secondly, the sin that leads to death. Sin always leads to death. And death in the scripture is not partial. Um, it's not only physical death. They're talking about a spiritual death. And I don't know whether people wonder about that. It's separation from God. That's the death, I think. It's separating from his goodness, from his life, from who he is. And it's eternal. It's death that is separation from God in the eternity of hell. That's the final death. And that's the death that never ends. Jesus said, you will die in your sins. That's what he's speaking of. He's speaking of the finality of death. It's, so we have this opportunity now but death will come through sin. And finally, thirdly, the devil. And he quotes here in Hebrews that through death, he might destroy the one who has power of death. That is the devil. Look at what Jesus says to them. He says, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent, sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It's because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. Um, sorry, it's getting a bit old, this Bible. Jesus is telling them that their deepest problem is this slavery to sin. And it finds its origin origin in their very nature is who we are before we become to know Jesus Christ and I think that's the thing that's hard to bear for people we can we can talk about what life has done to us what other people have done to us but when we're faced up and when the finger is pointing us and saying it's you it's you that's where we get the issue that's where we find the problems and Jesus is telling them this problem. He's saying, you bear the characteristics of your father. I can't think of anything more stark that Jesus could say than just that. You're seeking to kill him. Jesus said, you're just seeking to do what your father does. Now, there's a principle here that we all understand. Um, that follow, behavior follows nature. We say it in all kinds of ways. The, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And uh, like father, like son. How many times has that been said? He's a chip off the old block. And, uh, and just like your mother. And just on that, I, I, my brother's 85 now. And um, it's almost like I'm a photograph of what he was 10 years ago. You know? <laughs> I see him, sort of, he, he walks a bit slower now. And I think, well, I'll be 10 years, like, you know, 10 years' time, I'll be walking like that, that's physically. Um, 
And I hope I'm like him. He's, he's a nice enough guy. But it's just strange, isn't it? You know, when the, I love this saying, the, the, um, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, and of course, I suppose all of us. And of course, as we get older, we do begin to see the faults in our, our parents. We once thought they were perfect. But as we get a bit wiser, we see, well, they've got their issues, etc. Um, not that we don't stop loving them. And, but he's saying to them, he's saying, you know, you bear the resemblance to your parents. You act like the parent. Have the same nature, the same personality, the same temperament as the parent, the same characteristics of a parent. Now, you might be sitting there and denying it. I'm nothing like my mother. I'm nothing like my father. But wait. <laughs> Just give it some time. It'll happen. It'll happen. Um, and Jesus is doing this on the same... But he's applying it on a spiritual level. And he's saying, your behaviour behavior shows your nature. You're a child of the devil. This shows, I think, the deepest form of sin, of slavery that we're in. It's not just slavery to sin and death, it's a slavery to the devil himself. We are held captive by this evil power that works upon our hearts and upon our lives bringing us deeper into bondage. And Jesus, Jesus is the answer to that. He is the answer to sin. They might have wanted to stone him, but we don't. We want to praise him. And I want to praise him all the more because I know that he has set me from free from sin, but there's more. There's more that Jesus wants to do in my life. There's more he wants to take me on to. And he says to his disciples, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Throughout this discourse, and even throughout his walk on earth, Jesus was proclaiming he was the Christ, the saviour, the light of the world, the bread of life, the way and the truth. But more than all these wonderful things, he was saying, I am, that I am. He was making himself equal to God. Hallelujah. And that was too much for them to bear. So the mood changed from listening to one of an outrage. Throughout the Gospel of John, we see this same story moves closer and closer to the crucifixion. It's our symbolism, isn't it, of, of Christianity, is the cross, you know, we all speak about. It. It's the cross. And the cross is, it's that turning point. It's that kind of <clears throat> when we turn the corner or when the balance shifts. It's at the cross. And each one of us has to accept that, our own cross. He says, if you don't take up your cross, you can't follow me. And I think the challenge for us is once we come into the things of God, is not to stop there and think, isn't it wonderful that I'm born again? But it's to go deeper. He wants to take us deeper into life so that he can take us higher. And this is what he's saying to them. They were deaf to it. I hope to God that we're not deaf to what Jesus is saying. In his, um, you know, after the pain of the crucifixion and seeing the Agony of it, excuse me. The amazing part of it 
was that Jesus was resurrected from the death. From the death. He was resurrected into life. And he ascended so that you and I might live. Now that's the sticking point for humanity. They'll accept possibly that he died on a cross. Terrible because thousands died on a cross in Roman history. But they can't get hold of, they can't grip the fact that he rose again. He was resurrected from the dead. And he had to be done that. We know the gospel story. And um, it's this truth that Christians depend on. Not that he died on a cross, which he did, but that he rose again. And it opens the way for us to rise again. Hallelujah. That's the important part of our life. And that's for us, what is for us to be aware of, is that we rise again as Christ rose, so we can rise. And we don't have to be slaves of sin. We don't have to do the things anymore. And quite honestly, a lot of the things stop immediately. I know things stopped in my life. They just stopped the day I become a Christian. But I'm still finding out now things about me. God show me things about me that I need to deal with. I need to go back to him and ask about him. <clears throat> and this is what he gave us. He gave us a freedom in the Holy Spirit. And what is that freedom? What is that freedom to you? It's to be who God intended you to be. Hallelujah. It's not necessarily to follow what everyone else is saying. It's to actually sort of say, well, this is what I feel about it. Hallelujah. It's to have a liberty where everyone else in the room is mocking God. It's a place where, well, I know the truth. And that truth has set me free. It's when we come to it with people that abuse us or mock or do all kinds of things. It sets us free to be who we are. We don't have to conform to somebody else's standard. And that's what so many people do. I wish to, and I pray to God that, that a whole generation would see some of the deception that's going on now about image. It's become obsessed with image. But I can look in the mirror. Now, you might envy me on this. <laughs> I can look in the mirror and say, I am what I am by the grace of God. This is me. They, they do it in that great showman. This is me. They're all abnormal. You know, they're all different sort of funny shapes and sizes. But they sing this song, I am me. You know, this is me. And hallelujah, that's what he sets us free to. I've, have you got that liberty not to be self-conscious? We've spoken about this before. It's, it's funny. Um, in this, when he covers, when he deals with our sin, it's comprehensive. In other words, it covers the whole lot. He sets us free, free indeed. You're a new creation. Old things pass away. Hallelujah. I was nearly going to challenge you then, but I won't. <clears throat> um, so it's freedom from sin and the death and the devil. These are things we are set free from. But, at first, but I would like to add another word into that. Um, instead of the truth setting you free, 
being the whole truth, sets you free. Uh, Paul says at the end of his love chapter, uh, chapter 13, he says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So what do you think he's saying in that? What, what do you think he means? I, I personally think, I don't know everything about me. Do you know? Do you know where you, know, where you come from, what it's like? But God does. And also God says in there, he said, I will, you know, the Holy Spirit will come, the Holy Ghost will come, and he will bring you into all truth. But there are things that you are not able to bear now. Now that should be really comforted to him. He will only give to us what is good for us, what we can bear. So when we come to those times in our lives when we say, I can't go on, I can't go on. That's not necessarily from God because God will only give us sufficient to what we can bear. So there might be a point where we've got to go back again and say to the Lord, well, why is this happening to me? And why am I not overcoming? He might shock us with the answer. But he will set us free because that's what he's promised. God knows everything. You only know and I only know what I perceive, what I think. And it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes with, with it, Mar Margaret says to me, you, you know, you say these things as though, um, she said, you, you think that you're right all the time. And I said, well, if I didn't think I was right, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> and we had this sort of, you know, thing goes on. But it is true, isn't it? Unless you tell lies. And that's something awful, you know, if we start lying about it. But <coughs> we say it, from our perspective, this is where I'm standing. This is how the world looks to me. And you're looking this way. And you think, well, it don't look like that to me. But it is. And only God knows. And there's, a, there's um, and he has set us free to join him um, in this. Well, let me read it to you. It's from uh, Corinthians. And this is Paul talking. He says, but God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except his own spirit within him? So too, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. And this is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The natural man does not accept that, uh, the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man judges all things, but he himself is not subject to anyone's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord, so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. We have the mind of Christ. He said, I must go that you, he will come. 
and he will be in you. This is the wonderful, Peter spoke in such a powerful verses. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds and they will have no need of any man to understand them. Hallelujah. He has stood us on our feet. He has given us a life to leave. He's given us a promise. Uh, he says there, um, even the deep things of God. Now I believe that's where the challenge comes to us. How far, how deep do you want to go in the things of God? Because I think it's like any relationship you have. You can have a surface relationship where you say hello and you shake hands and you share a little bit and you can go. Or you can have a deeper relationship where you share things of the heart. And it's exactly the same with God. God will go as deep as you want to go with him. So the, the liberating part of it is, is that things are always troublous. It might be a quick temper. It might be um, shyness. It might be fear. Whatever thing, put it there, if you like, in there. It might be addiction. It might be something that you wished you'd been shot of years ago. And suddenly you think it's gone and suddenly, vump, it's there. God wants to take us into the deeper things where he will reveal them. Because once you've got that relationship so deep with God, you'll be able to bear anything. Hallelujah. Anything, he promises. He said, I will bring you in to this truth. And I think that's what's the liberating thing. We not have only have the, the truth that we know already through our walk with God, but we're going on and it will reveal more. But it's not going to condemn us. It's going to set us free. So he'll tell you something that has happened. And you say, ah, I'll see why I'm like that. Because this was something sewn into me before I was even born. You know, we have a, a DNA. And so the, 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 they can tell you what you're made up of. That's physically. But only God can tell you what you are made up of spiritually. Hallelujah. That's why he has come. And that's why he's so, so, you know, I feel so strongly because there's stuff I'm still battling with. There's things I want to know about me, why I'm like I am. But God's going to bring me to it because he promised. Jesus said, you will stand perfect before your father. Hallelujah. And it depends on us. How much are you prepared, how much am I prepared to know of what kind of person I am? What makes me tick? What offends people? What offends God about me? And how can I deal with it? He always gives us an answer. You know, there's that scripture, I think it's in, is it Peter? One of them. He says, where. God doesn't give anything without making a way of escape. He'll show us these things, then he'll bring us into the truth. And then, I mean, I know personally, God showed me, you might not think this, but God showed me things which um, are kind of, I need to polish up on. And it's, and it's sort of things which are hard to bear. It might be pride. Could be jealousy. 
could be fear, could be anger. All of these things, God wants to bring us into a place where we can be like Jesus. We used to talk about this in the Bible, where um, he sits in the boat, the storm's going on, and he hasn't got a care in the world. And he's so carefree that he goes to sleep. I want to be like that. Because my cares are as real as your cares. I have situations in my life which are painful. I have decisions to make, concerns to think about. But so does everyone in this room. Every one of us has got a life to live with the cares and none of us knows it. Not deep down what somebody else's issue or problem is, but God does. Jesus knows what we need in our lives. And he wants to convey it to us by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So when he dealt with those people on that day, he was speaking to you and I. The Son has set you free. If you've given, him, given your life to him, if you've confessed him, you are free. Perhaps we need to polish up on the indeed bit. We won't need to come into that all of that truth. Um, because... I've written it here, but we still have the mentality of slaves. We still act like slaves. We still live like slaves. We don't live up to the privileges. The privileges. You know, we've got a privilege. Um, when you go travel business class, you can go in the business lounge. That's your privilege. So why sit outside? with all the hyperloy, uh, when you can go and sit in the lounge, you know. But God has given us that privilege. It's for us to walk into it. It's us to believe him and live in the privilege of being a Christian. Somebody saved by grace. Hallelujah. We must find that, but we mustn't, sorry, I'm not pushing you. I'm saying there is a place where you can find absolute peace in whatever circumstance you are in. Now, it's not me that's promising that. It's God that promises that. He said, I will set you free indeed. Hallelujah. Let's seek that place. Seek him and you shall find him. Knock and the door will be opened to you. It's full of it. As we look at the scriptures, it's full of opportunities to get to that place where you know him. You know him deep inside. And you know where you're going. You're not too sure of the journey, but you know where you're going. And that's to be with Jesus. But we can be with him now. Amen.